Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Quarantine Chronicles with me, Melissa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 16. Today's episode is a little lengthier, but informative. I am joined by my older sister, Christina, and we talk about her marathon training. Out of her 18-week training plan, she only had five weeks left before the coronavirus interrupted her training and canceled her marathon. So we talk everything from how she trained for the marathon, the nutrition aspect of it, how she kept motivated during this training process, and if she's going to sign up for another marathon. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. It has a lot of information in it a lot of helpful information as well if you ever wanted to run any type of race yourself. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today um, is a very exciting episode. I'm smiling ear to ear because I have my big sister with me, Christina. She is joining us and we're going to be talking about her marathon training. So Christina, thank you so much for Zooming in with me during this podcast. And do you want to just tell a little bit about yourself to the listeners? First off, I'm very excited to be back on your podcast. I'm all caught up. I still have to listen to Friday's episode, but I have listened to all of them so far. And I'm super excited to be on. And I think you're smiling because of my virtual background. But (laughs) other than that, a little bit about myself. Um, So when I was going through the questions and I uh, asked my hubby, I said, I don't know what to tell the listeners about myself. He said, well, tell them about your quarantine experience. So yes. My quarantine experience, I've been starting to bake and I've been starting to cook and experiment, not only with different foods. (laughs) Experiment how so? No. Justin, why'd you leave? He left. Justin, why'd you leave? (laughs) So uh, experimenting, what I mean by that is you don't have a lot of food or spices or ingredients left in the house and you have to figure out ways of substituting. So I made a banana bread and I didn't have any eggs and I looked up substitute for eggs and it was peanut butter. Now, if you're allergic to peanut butter, obviously you're not going to put that in, but I (laughs) put a whole jar of peanut butter and that substituted for my two eggs. (laughs) So you can substitute peanut butter or yeah, so you can substitute the eggs with peanut butter? Substitute the peanut butter for the eggs. And if you uh, run out of milk, you could use yogurt, you can use sour cream. There are many different substitutes that you could use. Wow, that's amazing. I know, I see you always send me photos of what you're cooking, and I'm like, that chicken looks amazing, too. Oh, my God. So that was a buttermilk chicken that we did. It was, um, you get it ready 24 hours in advance. You just throw the whole chicken in a Ziploc bag with a whole carton of buttermilk and you get that fat goodness on there. And that's why you're getting that deep brown color in the oven. Wow. 
All right. So you, uh, you've become a chef during this quarantine, which I think is, is, uh, <laughs> I think it's something great because you, it's hard. You really need to get creative with what you already have in the house. And then, like you said, you, sometimes you have to substitute. So right. Props I, props well, I even bought an apron. So now I'm I an official saw, chef. I know, but you need a <laughs> chef's hat now. I can't fit my afro in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you already mentioned this, but you were, um, this is your second time on the podcast of Quarantine Chronicles. You were my, my you and Justin were my first guests ever on my Free For All Friday episode. Um, and I will link that if anybody wants to listen to, because it's really hilarious. I will link that in the podcast notes so you guys can can listen to that one first or after this, but that was a funny one. So that, and that was a spur of the moment as well. Um, you it, guys just kind of hopped on last minute. It was a lot of fun. And I was listening to it as I was going out for one of my, that one of my runs, that's when I usually listen to the podcast is when I'm out running or walking. Uh, it helps pass the time, but I was listening and I was actually laughing to myself and people were looking at me like, <laughs> why is this woman laughing to herself? Because Justin had these creative ideas of we're going to play this theme song game. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know where it came from, but it was a really good idea. And I just thought it was a good way to break up the podcast. Um, I listened to it like two or three times and I just I kept laughing because I thought it was just hilarious and it was so natural too it but. was it was a good conversation it was a fun time and we'll be back whenever you want us back Ooh, well you're on today um, and we're gonna I just want to say um, before we get into this so um, I definitely don't want to speak for you, but um, I just want to say thank you for, for talking about marathon training. So we're, we're going to be talking about Christina's marathon training and how she was supposed to be running her first marathon. And unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, it got canceled. And um, I just wanted to say thank you before we get into the questions. Thank you, Christina, for coming on and talking about it because I feel like it's such um, an emotional topic because you you really trained um, and you took it very seriously. And for having the coronavirus happen and take the marathon away from you, and unfortunately, the marathon wasn't even postponed, but it was canceled. So mm -hmm. I know it was. It's a very tough um, experience for you to go through. And I just, I want to say thank you for, for talking about it and um, being honest as well with the questions. I know it, it's a little bit of a touchy slash emotional topic right now, um, but I just wanted to say thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. It, it is an emotional topic and um, it, when I found out it, it was canceled, they gave us a virtual option. But when, when I did find out it was canceled, I definitely went on a roller coaster of emotions. I cried. I was angry. I was about, I have my training schedule in front of me. I, I had about 
five weeks, once yeah, I had about five weeks left of my training out of my 18 weeks training and I was just at the end of it and to find like it, it was um you're sort of put on a roller coaster it's like we don't know what's going to happen yet but we'll let you know and then two weeks later they're like we still don't know what's going to happen but we will let you know and then it wasn't until the end of April that they're like listen it's not going to happen but we're going to give you a virtual option and you know, at the time, it it's very, it was a very emotional uh, experience. And I'm definitely, I'm not going to lie, I, I, it was upsetting. And Justin saw me crying. And the first weekend of May was supposed to be the marathon. And I liked how you acknowledged that you gave me my gift card to Marathon Sports, which I'm going to be using. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it was tough. It was. But I'm, I'm here to share some tips, uh, turning a negative into a positive. And when you think about it, and when you think about the coronavirus, it's not just marathons. It's the Providence Marathon. It's Boston Marathon. It's mm -hmm. proms, weddings. Yeah. Um, I mean, thousands of events are being canceled the 4th of July. So when you think of it more in terms of the whole and why it was canceled. It's a little bit more, you, you get a little bit more of an understanding, though it's still not 100% like, okay, I'm okay with this, but you understand why it had to happen. Right. Um, and I think you being on here and just being honest and genuine like you always are, I feel like another runner um, is going to listen to this and is going to get, you know, motivated by you and is going to see how you're looking at the situation. And they're going to also take that too and learn from you. So, um, like I said, thank you. Thank you for talking about it. Um, and we'll just, I guess we'll just get started with, um, your exercise history. And I'm I'm curious. So this is your first full marathon. Yes. Um, have you have you always been into running, or have you always considered yourself to be a runner? I was always active in high school. I did a bunch of sports. Uh, I went to the gym, doing a lot of weightlifting. But I think it wasn't until you and in high school you were in track, and I visited your track meets. And I was just in awe at you. And you were like, listen, let's go running. Let's give it a chance. So it, as funny as it sounds, it wasn't until you opened up the doors of running and were like, hey, give this a chance, test this out. Because I never really was a runner. I was more like weightlifting, sports. And then you kind of brought me into that. And that's, I think, where I got my start. It was around, I think I was in like high school, college. That's funny that you say that because when someone is like, oh, like, how did you get into working out? I always mention that me and you, um, or like you <laughs> went to Planet Fitness. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I kind of tagged along, I think, like, as your guest. And then as I my free guest. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally uh, signed up and became a member. So 
whenever someone's like, what got you into working out? I was like, I don't know. I just remember like my sister always working out. And then as usual, I just kind of followed along in her footsteps. So I actually, I didn't know that about, um, that's how you wanted, or that's how you started running. So you're just keeping a smile on my face. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Um, so how many, um, races slash, um, you don't have to like give an exact number, but what, I guess, what kind of races have you done in the past? I've participated in Spartan races and, you know, you accompanied me on those, uh, the Vermont, she means means slowed her down. I slowed her down. (laughs) No. The Vermont Beast, Fallon's and Killington. We're going up and down the mountain. It was. It took us what eight hours to do that one because I slowed her down. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, I've done Spartan races. I've done five Ks. I've done about six or seven half marathons under two hours. Ooh, I man. mean, so I think my one regret is not believing in myself thinking that I could do this marathon in my head I've done you know six or seven half marathons you're like wow that's a lot but you wonder like do you have it in you to basically do two half marathons and usually after I finish one half marathon I'm like I don't think I could do another 13 miles but it's about pacing yourself and my regret is not believing in myself I wish I could have done one sooner but I, it just, I don't know. I, I just never had the confidence in myself to want to do it, or I didn't think I could do it. Yes. And I feel like that's definitely a common theme. Um, even if, you know, if you're listening and running a marathon might not be a goal of yours, I feel like we can definitely all relate to the mental aspect of getting into our heads and, um, kind of uh bringing us bringing ourselves down and making this concept up in our heads that we can't do it so we're definitely Mm going to get into the mental aspect of it because i find it very interesting so we we are going to touch on that but um so you you have running as a background you've you said you've done six or seven half marathons you've done Spartan races, obstacle course races. So at what point did you say, okay, I want to run a marathon and 2020 is, is going to be my year. That I do that. <laughs> so I kept, I'm part, I'm part of a, a fitness organization. I'm not going to say the name, but I have been taking these precision running classes And every year I would tell my running coach, Sarah, I said, Sarah, I'm going to be doing a marathon this year. And I would never do it. (laughs) Something would happen or I would get hurt because that's part of training is, you know, I'm injury prone. So I got injured the past few years, a few times, and she would announce to the whole class, Christina's doing a marathon this year. And then I have to tell her, actually, no, I'm not. So it was (laughs) December of 2019. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. After all these years, I've taken this precision running class for about two years now. And, you know, I'm not the fastest person, but I, I feel like I 
I have the mental capability to finish and I'm going to give it a shot. And I said, 2020 is going to be my year, May 2020. And not only that, but Cinco de Mayo is the Tuesday after. So <laughs> I've earned myself some margaritas. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, so, so would you say it was a combination of like taking those running classes and like showing or like actually seeing like, okay, I'm taking this running class and today I did two miles or like, however, I'm not sure about the class. I'm not sure what it is. Um, you can definitely chime in on that, but was it taking that class that kind of made that shift in your head that said, okay, since I can do this class, I, I think I can do this marathon or was it more having that like external um, motivation from your running coach where she was like, Oh, like Patty's going to do a marathon. And was it kind of like, like having someone else kind of like be like, Oh, okay. Like I said, you know, you're doing a marathon now you have to do it kind of thing. I, I think it was a combination of everything you said. It was that accountability and when I say running coach, I, I wasn't paying extra for it. it. It was part of my membership. It was these treadmill classes. And you average about four or five miles a class. Wow. Class was about 45 minutes long. And so you had the accountability. But as you're running, you're not listening to music. What you're listening to, it's almost like a cult. And everybody has their certain instructors that they really like. I really liked Sarah. And as we're doing these intervals, all she's saying in your ear, because you're listening to headphones, and she's basically talking into you, into the headphones. And she's telling you, you got this. You're strong. Embrace the suck. You got this. So she's programming our brains with all of this positive enforcement. And it wasn't until then that I'm like, you know what? I'm a badass. It, ha it took two years of Sarah screaming in my ear, you're all badasses, <laughs> for me to be like, maybe I'm a badass. I mean, <laughs> growing up, like, I wasn't a confident person. And that was why I was a little bit delayed on all my goals. But it's your brain is like a muscle and you have to train it. So you have to tell yourself good things, almost like that podcast you did with the, with Dan Harris, I think his name yeah. was. Yeah. And how, yes. And how you have to soothe yourself and motivate yourself. That's mm -hmm. what Sarah was doing for us. And she's like, in Britain, it wasn't easy. She was saying, embrace the suck. Sometimes they're doing intervals. They're two minute long intervals mm -hmm. and you're on an incline. And you're running at an uncomfortable pace Ugh. and you're breathing really heavy and you feel like you're going to have a heart attack. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. So right. this experience, I, I would say it was a combination of everything. And that experience of taking class that sort of opened up the doors for me to be like, I need to give myself more credit about things. And, you know, I need to believe in myself. And. I think I'm going to try to do a marathon. I know it's not going to be easy, but I think it's time. All right. So 
in the beginning, because um, we're going to touch upon too, like when you actually signed up and all that stuff. So, but throughout your, throughout completing the training or like even maybe before you signed up for this race, maybe it changed. But what was your, what was your motivation or what was your why for, for running this marathon? And like I said, it might've changed from when you first signed up to when you actually started training. Um, but, but what was, what was keeping you going? So I have your typical nine to five work schedule. For me, it was so hard. I am not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was so easy. I woke up every morning at 4.30. Yes, 4.30 in the morning. I set my alarm. You know, you're walking in the dark to the train. You're commuting into Boston at 5 o'clock. My why at that point, it's how good I feel afterwards, how good I feel after the workout. I never used exercise as a way to compensate for eating. Um, it was more of, I'm going to wake up exercise because I like the way I feel after. During my nine to five job, it can be stressful. I am an anxious person to begin with. I struggle with certain emotions. So for me to get up to, it's almost like your playtime. You have an hour and a half to just play at the gym. You shower, you go to work. And people notice that. They look at you. People have told me you have this glow about you. People have told me, you know, you're a very positive person. You're always happy. You're smiling. And I think it's because I'm getting up in the morning and I'm working out. But I'm not going to lie. There were days my alarm went off. It's cold. It's windy, snowy. And I didn't want to go. It was a struggle. You have to give yourself 10 seconds to get up. Not only that, but I sometimes went to bed in my sports bra. As funny as that sounds, because when you wake up, you're like, hey, all I have to throw on is my pants and a t-shirt and that's it. I got all my stuff ready the night before. So it's literally like I'm getting up, throwing some almonds, banana for in my mouth for a snack. and. I'm heading out the door. And once I was there, I saw my friends. It was a community. People held you accountable. If I wasn't at the gym, I had people um, come up to me, you know, days after. And they were like, hey, where were you for our running class? Or where were you for our ropes and rowers class? So I we built sort of a community. And I really enjoyed... I don't know. It's, it's my hobby. I do. People say, do you like your job? Yes, I like my job, but I think it's the hobby that I can really be myself and I can express myself and I can feel more calm to complete my job. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think it takes a mentally strong person to wake up at 4.30 in the morning because it is once that alarm goes off it's so easy to hit the snooze button so i think like hat like you having the accountability of like other people 
um, in your gym class, would you say that helped? Well, you said like that helped you get up, but what was like a mantra or like, what were you telling yourself? And we'll get into this a little bit more, but what was your why? Like, why did you want to um, sign up for this marathon? My why? I felt like it was time. I felt like I should have done it sooner in my life, and I didn't. And I said, you know what? It's now or never, and I'm ready, and let's do it. And having that goal in the back of my head it was my why, like, okay, you need to train, you need to train. It's not going to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And that's sort of my mantra. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yes. Um, that's great. I think, I think you are always very, um, goal driven as well. Like once you, once you put your, um, eye on it, or once you said, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, you're, you're very much a person who is going to do it. So I give you a lot of credit. Uh, Thank you. I, I mean, welcome. I think, I think people need to find what works for them. For me, you know, even Justin noticed this about me. He said, you're a really goal oriented person. If you have nothing to look forward to, mm. you get into the slump. Yes. And it's almost like an all or nothing. It's like, well, why right. bother eating right? why bother working out? I don't have this goal. So for me, me personally, I need to have constant goals and things that I'm working towards to make sure that I stay on track. And for some people, like during my running class, Sarah would say, hey, after this class, think about what, what you're going to reward yourself with. Think about that hot shower. Think about that bagel sandwich or those tater tots. And she had, she said it too, like, I know people don't like it when I use food as a reward, but, you know, you have to nourish your body after the amount of stress that you're putting your body through. These are very stressful um, classes that we're taking on our body and we need to do stretching and we need to nourish our bodies and even going into the sauna and just kind of relaxing our muscles. So she would make us constantly think of ways to reward ourselves. Mm, yes. No, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that um, as well. You need something to look forward to for what you're putting your, your body right. through. So I definitely agree with that. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a shift here I'm curious, so <laughs> I'm going to refer to this as like a buyer's remorse, but it's going to be like a marathon remorse. So what does that <laughs> even mean? <laughs> <laughs> so like when people buy like a nice car or like maybe a laptop and they're like, oh my God, what, what did I do? What did I just spend um, this money on? Did you have that with actually so I feel like saying okay I'm going to do a marathon is something completely different than clicking that okay sign up for the marathon button on your laptop on the marathon website so when you actually clicked that button that said sign me up for the Providence Marathon did were you like oh shit like what did I just do um so 
I give myself a 10 second rule. I don't think about it too much. If I'm, if I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm ready. Now's the time. I don't give myself a chance to doubt myself because I would. So I gave myself 10 seconds and I said, shit, I'm going to do it. I was at work. (laughs) Probably should (laughs) but I was, I was at work and I, I said, you know what? I'm doing a marathon. And I did it. And I said, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. There's no turning back now. And I said, all right, well, I did it. Now let's get prepared. I read books. I I bought books on, um, on my iPhone. Um, I started trying to find training plans and I said, all right, the deed is done now. Now the hard parts, it's time for the hard part. I have to research and try to alter my diet, alter my workouts and see what works for me. Yes. And we're going to get all into the, the nutrition and the exercise and the training part as well. Um, but I'm curious. So did you start buying the books right away? Did you start finding a training plan right away? Or did you kind of let, um, or did, did you try not to think about it for a little bit? Like, were you like, okay, I signed up for a marathon, but like, you were like, no, I didn't. I didn't sign up for it. I didn't actually sign up for it. And then like, did a day come where you're like, shit, like I really need to start like learning about this and like seeing what goes into training for a marathon or was it like an immediate, like, okay, let's get to it right now. I was obsessed with it as soon as I did it. I stood up and I'm like, guys, I'm doing a marathon. No one listens to me. I was, anyway. so I was everyone was on that. the phone. Yeah, everyone was on their phone doing their jobs. And I'm like, guys, I'm doing a marathon. And I sought out resources immediately. Like I there are a few people at my job that have completed marathons and I said, I'm gonna learn as much as I can from them. And I sought them out immediately I bought books every morning on on the train ride, 15 minutes a day, I would read a little bit of different training plans. I read one book, I gave it a chance, but I didn't like one line in it. And I I keep telling people like that there's the stigma that I don't like. It was basically this guy writing a book. And he said, women who are shaped and look like men run faster. And I said, hold up, wait a minute. Because I do not look like a man. I have, you know, I'm curvy. I'm a curvy girl. And you and run Carita. fast. For the, for the, not to cut, not to cut into her, but she is very fast. She is a very fast runner. And her hips, her hips don't lie. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. No, but I said it because one of the other guys that did a couple marathons, he's fast. I said, Hal Hidden, I love his book, but he said this about women. He goes, oh, he said that? I said, yes. And immediately it turned me off because I'm like, what kind of uh, message are we sending out there? First of all, women weren't even allowed to run marathons in the 1960s. I don't know if you watched that Boston Marathon documentary, but women had to sneak in to even just run a marathon. It's like, it's not even like it's anything fun. You're running for (laughs) 26.2 miles. And one of the men tried to grab the woman off, off the training course 
And another woman in the, I think it was the sixties, her name was Catherine Switzer. Switzer. I'm going to, I butchered her name, but she had to sneak onto the course. And it's like, what kind of message are we sending? And I'm watching the documentary and, and the, this guy, I don't even know who he is. It doesn't matter because he spoke nonsense, but he was like, women are only capable of running two miles. And I'm like, two miles is my warm up. <laughs> what are you talking about? You go girl with your bad <laughs> self. I know so, what you're talking about. I definitely, I definitely saw that was it in a documentary? I remember seeing that woman or reading that woman couldn't run the marathon. Right. Women, you know, we, we were told basically you're not capable of doing it, of physically doing it. So I think I had that in the back of my mind too, as I'm training, because it's like, let me show you what I could do. And you know, I, I've done a, a few half marathons, like like I've mentioned, and my best feeling, I hate to say it, I really do, I'm going to sound like an a-hole, but I love when I'm just like cruising along and I'm passing like a group of guys and they're looking at me like, oh my God, I can't believe the girl's just passing me. And I look at them and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm <laughs> passing you. And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, unfortunately I never had that experience, but I will say an experience I had, um, at, at my gym, um, I was running on the treadmill one day before obviously Rona season and there was a bunch of treadmills open and I was probably going like five, 4.7 to 5.0. I'll be very realistic with myself. And there was this older gentleman, probably in his 60s, and not only was he running at 7.0, but he was also snapping and singing a song. And I was <laughs> like, okay, I understand the message that you're trying to send me right now, but I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> um, all right. So whenever I hear stories like this, I, I want you to know everyone's training on their on their own goal. So this man's running out of 7.0. He's singing, snapping, singing, his snapping. <laughs> Honestly, so and I can't in, even breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so in the book that I read, they said that people train too fast. Like oh. you're actually supposed to slow down when you're um, training for long distances. And, you know, race, when race day comes, that's another story. But in terms of the training plan, they actually say you slow it down because you avoid injuries. And all that matters is that you get in the mileage. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock yourself down for, I, I know in the moment you're like, oh my God, how is this guy snapping, using <laughs> filters, having music in the background? And he's like, on a 15% incline going 7.0. It's <laughs> so more, easy to compare yourself. Oh, it, it is, it is, definitely. I was more so upset that he chose a treadmill next to me when there was literally like all the other treadmills were open. Hey, now you don't have that issue with the corona. <laughs> I, know, I know. We're not going to be able to be next to each other. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> all right, so we talked about your why. Um, that totally, whoever that dude is who said that you need to be shaped like a dude to run fast, 
I mean, like, the book was written in like 1960s or something. <laughs> so it's when women weren't even allowed to write it. <laughs> I feel like I would, I, I feel like I would definitely have also though, like I agree with you. I feel like I would definitely have that in the back of my head as I'm right. like, oh, you said like women can't run. Well, bitch, look at exactly, me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's talk about your actual marathon training. So, and I split this up into the physical aspect of the training and the mental aspect of the training, because I think for, for me, I think we're, we're very similar where we, um, at least for, for me, but I know you, you just mentioned this, but I feel like I also get inside my head and I, like I, I always doubt myself. So we're, we're going to save the mental aspect for, for after. So we're, we're going to talk about the physical aspect now. Um, you mentioned in the beginning how far into the training program you got. Can you remind us how many weeks it was? So people could choose how many week out training plans. I believe I did an 18 week training okay. I have it in front of me yep I so I did a 18 week training plan and I had five weeks left to go wow One, so that's two. about what five four and a half months yeah I started um the end of December and it got me through the winter wow so and you only had five um weeks left so you had only about like a month left yeah, that fifth week, that included the race day. Okay. So let's kind of go back in time here where you, where you were in marathon training. Um, and you were working full-time as well. Can you... What a glorious time. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me have a sip. <laughs> This uh, episode is sponsored by Corona Heart Seltzer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, can you walk the listeners through that, the, the glorious times of when you got up at 4.30? And it can be whatever day you want. It can be in the beginning of your marathon training, or if you want to talk a little bit. I'm always curious about the longer mileage that has to get done plus working your full-time job, but really what, whatever you want, I'll, I'll leave this in your hands, but can you just tell us like, when did you, I know you already mentioned, but when did you wake up? Um, how, if we could even get into like the weekdays versus the weekends, um, and we'll, we'll kind of start, start at that. So I picked a training plan that was good for me. So I'm injury prone, meaning I'm either hurting my foot, my ankle, the bottom of my feet, Achilles heel. I mean, everything you could imagine I've experienced. So I made sure to get a training plan that the mileage was a little bit more divided throughout the week. So the first few months you have uh, five days of running, two rest days. So I'm going more towards the middle if, um, as that was the higher mileage. I would get to the gym around six. On the higher mileage days, I would be doing anywhere from 10 to 11 miles. And that would take me, um, I would participate in my running class to help pass the time. 
which was a 45 minute class, but I would also warm up with running before do the class. And then I would finish the three miles after. And it, it was difficult at times. The running class definitely helped break it up because you're doing intervals, but I had to slow it down. I couldn't go as hard as I could um, for the days where I, I was only doing the class and that's it because then you're thinking, okay, I have four, three or four more miles after this class and I don't want to use up all my energy. So I have to just slow it down and that's what I did. I, I you know, I didn't care what other people were doing around me. I had to do what's good for me. On Sundays, that was my longer run. So it was like 16, 17 miles. Some training plans, they do go up to 20 miles. But like I said, I had to pick one that was good for me. And there was one day I did 17 miles and I called Justin. And I said, Justin, you have to come pick me up. I just did my 17 <laughs> miles and I don't want to, I don't want to walk or run back. And I remember my legs feeling so sore at that point. And, you know, I've, I've taken a break from running and I went out the other day and I jogged a couple miles and my foot started bleeding. And I just, Ooh. I have to figure out like what's going on. Sometimes you get these random cuts on your toes and if you're running, like your toes are rubbing up against each other, you have to get the right shoe. There's just so much that goes into it. It's not just a physical sport. Like you said, it's a mental sport as well. Yeah. And so, on, oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, on these longer runs, I would listen to whole electric carnival concerts. I remember you said, I do remember Like Fat Boy Slim, two hours <laughs> long. <laughs> or I would listen to podcasts or like your podcast, but mostly I would do these electric carnivals and that would help pass the time. Yeah. Because it's just like one continuous. Yeah. You're out there for two or three hours and it, yeah. it does get boring. Um, so you said, so what was the highest? So Sundays were your long running days, correct? Yeah, correct. So when were your rest days in the beginning there were two rest days they were mondays and wednesdays and then as we progressed it was a wednesday that was the rest day but they kind of use it as a rest day or a cross training so you could do strength training if you preferred okay so that's what i was going to ask next so were you on top of the running were you also strength training um, or were you dedicating a day for like yoga or stretching? I, I, I honestly, it depends on how I felt that week. I would do a lot of bar. I would do a lot of Pilates, yoga, a lot of foam rolling. I mean, I, after a run, I would foam roll for like a good 50 minutes, but in terms of a rest day, I would just do uh, low impact activities that's actually how I hurt myself one time was I went heavy on my legs on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday I did this crazy precision running class with um, inclines and fast speeds. And I actually pulled up my back and I couldn't run for a couple months. So yeah. you have, you really do need to be careful 
on how you're organizing your workouts and the type of activities you're doing on your rest days because they do allow cross train but you know like i said you have to be very cautious of the types of activities you're doing yeah no i totally make sense um so what was the highest mileage that you got to during your training was it that 17 i think you said miles? oh yeah it was that 17 miles i called well justin called me he's like where the hell are you you've been gone for like four hours he texts up on me and i'm like oh, oh, like breathing heavily and i'm like come pick me up i'm on mass Ave somewhere i don't even know where because you do get this runner's high and it, it feels incredible. That, that, I guess, would be part of my why as well is that feeling you get afterwards. You're like, oh my God, I just did that. I feel so good. Yeah. But then you're like, oh my God, my legs are so sore. Come <laughs> pick me up. And then I remember eating the entire kitchen afterwards. <laughs> well, of course, you have to fuel all the calories that you just uh, right. burned from doing 17 miles. So, that totally makes sense. Um, so I'm curious because for, for me personally, I, and maybe for, for someone else who is listening to this podcast, um, when we think about running 17 miles straight, we're like, I, I don't know if that's possible for me. So we're, were you like running the whole entire time or did you give yourself the opportunity to stop and walk? So when I go out on these runs, I don't think about like I'm going to be doing 17 miles or else I won't ever leave my bed. <laughs> I just tell myself, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see how I feel. Let's, let's see what I could do. The training plan says 17 miles. Let's see. Let's try to do that. And I would jog. I, I, I had to remind myself to slow down. There, there's no reason to be sprinting during this type of training. Um, the books, all the books I've read, they basically advise slowing down, slowing down to a point where you're like, oh my God, is this even worth it? Just because the mileage is more important. So you're in a comfortable jog. And there are points where I was like, okay, let me just walk just to kind of reset myself. And then I could jog. And then you, you have to do what's comfortable for you. I had my Apple watch on, so I was able to see how many miles I was at. And if I was bored, I would give you a call or give the parents a call and just check in because you could talk to someone for a half hour really and really fast. You don't even realize it. And a couple yeah. miles just went by. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the nutrition aspect of it. So during this training, um, did you, how did you have to change or alter your diet? So I did a lot of research um, on the types of food and the type of nutrition. It was funny. I was talking to a couple people and I asked, well, how do you get through your long runs? And they said, well, I run to a restaurant and I, I meet up. No, that's amazing. They, they say, I run to a restaurant. I meet up with my friends for brunch. And wow. that's my 16 miles. Like one, oh one woman, she did a 5K, got her medal and just continued running for another 12 miles to her brunch spot. 
and met up with friends and had mimosas. And I was like, that's incredible. That's amazing. Right. (laughs) But like, so for meals, you know, I was out there running and I saw people eating M&Ms and they're doing their long distance runs. And at that point, you're just trying to get fuel in carbs and sugar to keep you going. So you're eating candy, you're eating gummies, Snickers, M&Ms on your long runs. I bought goose. Mm. So I was doing those. Uh, With goose, though, you need to make sure you have water with it, which is something that I didn't have. So I think next time I'm going to just eat candy while I'm out to give me the, for my long runs, just give me that carbs and that sugar because I don't carry water with me. Everyone's different. Um, I would, I realized I wasn't eating enough carbs and I tried to incorporate more of that throughout my meals. I realized I wasn't eating enough vegetables and getting enough nutrients. So I started doing egg muffins, which is what you were doing and throwing like spinach in them. Yeah. Wow. So, so you said that you did not take water for your long runs. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I was that, I kind of trained myself to not drink. I know there's a big controversy on, um, you know, there were studies done on does improvement, does your performance improve if you're drinking water throughout the race, but you only need a few sips at each water station and that would be enough i think what's important is you're fueling the night before your long run again it's it's also what's good for your body what i'm saying it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you but i would also try to drink in the morning and then i used a route that would loop around so it would take me 20 minutes to get back to my house because I would have to use the bathroom. And so I I just like devised the route. So like after a couple of miles, I would end up near my house. And if I had to use the bathroom, I could and then continue on. Wow. So that was actually one of my questions was, what did you do if you had to use the bathroom? So I'm just thinking of that 17 mile run that you did. Did you, did you still do the same thing where you looped back to the house or were you running on a different path that didn't have a bathroom? I ran on a different, I didn't really drink a lot that morning. And I remember just being on the bike path running back and I'm like, oh my God, I have to pee so bad. My bladder is going to (laughs) explode. And like Justin came to pick me up and I was like, Justin, I need to get home. My bladder is literally going to explode. And he's like, all right, all right. But I, I have a tendency to just pee all the time anyway. Yeah. But it's honestly, it's tricky because unless you can find some coffee shops or restaurants that allow people to go use the bathroom, you're pretty much stuck, which is why I've kind of trained myself to only have a few sips of water every few miles if need be, because I know, you know, I'm going to be peeing behind a tree. Yeah. Um, so did you ever like cramp up or like felt dehydrated from not drinking water throughout the run? So I, I think it depends on 
everyone's body. I, I don't cramp up. It's, I don't know, physiologically, I don't know. It just, it doesn't cramp. So I've never had that issue. I've been in races where I don't know if people began running too fast or it's, sometimes it's not even about hydrating. It's just how your body reacts to the running. I mean, I've seen people cramp up and it's horrible. It's sometimes it's just beyond your control. It's just how your body reacts, but you can do a few things beforehand um, to prevent that. I don't know. Sometimes you can't prevent it though. It's just, I used to feel horrible for people when I saw them. I'm like, oh my God, that looks so painful. (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but um, I think it was during the Vermont, the Killington Beast that I, um, I, I cramped up and I think we were in the forest. I don't know if you remember that, but I had to sit on like oh my a, God, a tree I remember that. and this guy like came out of nowhere and was like, here, take one of my salt pills. And I remember it working like right away. Right. Um, I, right. But, but that was the only time that, that I, I remember cramping up, but I, I don't even know what happened, but um, that you said that never happened to you even during like your longer runs, right? No, no. I mean, never happened to me. Luckily wow. it's common though. It's definitely a common issue among runners or yeah, you know, people doing those endurance type races. Hmm. So going back to the training a little bit, did you ever feel like getting the mileage was, was too much? Um, especially since it seemed like that you had a time limit, like you did this before work, was there, was there ever a day that you didn't get that mileage in and you had to do it after work or, you know, during your lunch break? Luckily I, I was able to get all the mileage in before I got to the gym early enough to give myself a buffer, but I had an issue where I was just psyching myself out. Like there were six sheets of paper and I would highlight every time I finished a day of running and that would be so empowering. And as I like turn the page to the next month, I noticed the mileage grew exponentially. And I said, Oh my God, Justin, like how am I supposed to finish 10 miles in one day? And he's, and he encouraged me and was like, just do one day at a time. Don't look so much ahead, you know, do what you can do. So on that day, I think it was actually a nine, nine mile run. I got to the gym. I said to my friends, I'm supposed to be running nine miles today. I did four, four or five during the class. And I did one mile warm up. And I had a couple miles left after that. And I was like, wow, I did it. And it was like this feeling of empowerment that I've never felt. And it it just felt so incredible. And I took a picture, I sent it to Justin. I said, look, I did that. And it was almost like beyond belief. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So you kind of touched on this, the, the mental aspect, but I, I actually had one more question um, before we got into the mental part of training. Did, how did your body feel after the long runs? 
slash what what TLC is the term that I use? What tender love and care did you give your body after the long runs as well? My either my toes were bleeding. I mean, I've already stained my new pair of sneakers I got now, but during my training, I stained my running sneakers. That's why they say you should kind of alternate. You should have two pairs of sneakers and just kind of alternate so you don't oh. do all your mileage on one. Oh, I didn't. Um, yeah, that, that's a good tip that, that I found. Another thing that I, that I did was I said, hey, honey bunny, would you mind rubbing my feet for me? Because <laughs> the bottom of my feet would, would be just get so tight. I did a lot of foam rolling. When I was young, when I was in my 20s, I was like, <laughs> stretching? <laughs> stretching? Like, come on. Like, what do you think I am? Now I'm like, I would do, I would run for a good half hour and I would stretch for 50 minutes and I would foam roll. Wow. And it's, you need to give your body that love because running is stressful. If you're thinking about it, you're putting all your weight on one foot at a time and your foot is pounding the pavement with, with all of that weight. It's stress. You're putting your body through stress. So to give it some TLC after I would foam roll, I would get massages. Um, I would, I would massage my feet. I would put ice packs. Um, sometimes before runs, they suggest you take ibuprofen just oh. to combat the soreness that you're going to feel afterwards. Interesting. But I always try to reward myself with a massage or with a treat or just something because something that I, I would want. Right, right. That motivator. Right. So we're going to talk about the mental aspect of marathon training. And I feel like this is something that is very interesting in general. Um, like you mentioned, we, we definitely get inside our own heads and um, that can beat us up a little bit. So did you have any self-doubt when you signed up for the, for the marathon? And then how did you beat that self-doubt? I had self-doubt all the time. I mean, growing up, I've had self-doubt and confidence issues. And after I signed up, it's like, well, do you really think you could do this? And I found my training plan and I just took one day at a time. And it was like, you're starting off with really low mileage, which is good. And what helped my confidence was after I did that first run, I would highlight it. And that act of highlighting, like I just finished this run and now it's tangible. I'm highlighting that I finished it. It sounds silly, but it, it no, works. It, yeah, no, I do the same thing with the insanity. Um, I'll like, I wrote down like the program that I'm doing for like the whole month, like whatever day, um, like Monday, whatever program that is, like whatever. I just wrote down like the whole monthly schedule for it and highlighting it is like my favorite part. Of the it day. is. It's gratifying. <laughs> as silly as it sounds. And then I used to take pictures after every like 
every page that was highlighted signified like four weeks done. I would take a picture with me holding up that one piece of paper and then soon it was two pieces of paper and then three pieces of paper. And it was like gratifying. Um, and I mean, that certainly helped just being able to take one day at a time and say, hey, I was able to do it this far. Let's just see how far we can take this. Yeah. Um, were there any, and this could totally be the same exact question, but just um, said in a different way, but were there any mental barriers that you had to overcome for the training? Like, were, were you ever like, okay, if I'm going to continue thinking this way, like this marathon's not going to happen. Like, did you have to like physically talk to yourself and be like, snap out of it? Like, I need to stop, <laughs> like, like, I need to like stop thinking negatively because we're getting nowhere. Like, does, does that make sense? Oh my God. I, I agree with you. It was like, I'm going, I'm doing a throwback to Sarah's class. And it was like, she had to give us positive reinforcement. I did a half marathon after, and I actually heard her voice in my head telling me the things she said during class. And I went up to her afterwards, like the next time I saw her and I said, Sarah, you're going to think I'm crazy. But I literally had your voice in my head saying all those things. You're a badass. You got this. Embrace the suck because your brain is a muscle. And if you keep telling your brain negative things, your brain is only going to respond to that negative feedback. So you have to retrain your brain. Not only are you training your legs, but it's like, I have to train my brain to be positive. Right. No, yeah, I totally, totally agree with you on that one for sure. Um, negative thinking does not really help us in any aspect at all. No, running is definitely not only physical, but mental. And you have to, you can't, you have to just push those negative thoughts out of the way. One thing she would always say is never make any decisions when you're on a hill. So if you're on an incline or you're going up a hill and you're like, I want to stop, you have to remind yourself, I'm on a hill. This is going to end. Don't make a decision right now. Yeah. Um, I've also heard... I remember I was doing one, one race, one half marathon and I was running and I felt like, Oh my God, I don't know if I could keep going, but the finish line was right around the corner. And this woman saw me, I think she, she saw like the pain in my face, not pain. Like I was in actual pain, but like, Oh my God, can I keep running? It's a mental thing. And she yeah. goes, honey, count to 60 and you'll be fine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I did. And I made it before 60, but I was like, oh my God, like sometimes it's distracting your brain. Like, let me look for all the green objects. Like you have to train your brain to um, just almost distract it. Your brain is like a child. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's actually going into one of the questions I had, which is how do you not find running boring? Sometimes Slash. it is boring. Yeah. And you're Slash. like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Slash one. I was going to say, how do you not find it boring? Slash, how do you keep your mind busy? Um, I mean, it's definitely boring. I mean, even when I leave, sometimes I'm like, wow, I really don't want to go on this run. I'm all negative. And then I'm like, let me give myself a few minutes. Once you're out there, 
and you're running for a good 10 minutes, I mean, for me at least, I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad. It's so boring, but it's not so bad. Let me listen to my fat boy Slim. <laughs> and you're going to laugh at me, but I actually picture myself as a DJ in a nightclub, and that kind of passes the time. Like, <laughs> I'm feeling all of Fat Boy Slim's moves and songs, and I'm like, go, go, go. <laughs> I'm singing, and I'm like, oh, wow, a couple miles went by. Or I would make phone calls. Um, I was... I think we were on the phone for like 40 minutes one time. I'm like, Hey, you're going to be my running buddy. <laughs> um, how do you, did you ever have like a motto or a phrase that you repeated in your head during a run? Like, were you ever like, I got this, I got this, I got this, but just like constantly like repeating a motto in your head or is it just like, you being the DJ, which is totally fine. Like, cause that, that can be your motto or that can be the thing getting you through the run. Honestly, it depends on the days. Everyone has good running days and they have bad running days. On the bad days, I say, you're a badass. You got this, you got this. And then every now and then a thought comes in that's like, you don't got this. And then I'm like, shut, shut up. I do have this. <laughs> I'm a badass. And then you kind of have to like convince yourself you're a badass. So it forces you to think of all the times that you did accomplish something. And you're like, hey, remember that, that running class I did? Or remember how much I benched that day for my chest press? Like, or it doesn't even have to be physical. It's like, I don't know. Remember I, I did something awesome for work and I got acknowledged. It's like trying to find those good moments that we don't acknowledge ourselves for. Yeah, I actually, I listened to a Sean T podcast uh, episode recently and he was like, whenever like you're in the middle of a workout and you're telling yourself it's hard and you can't finish and you're just being negative, just like remember what you did accomplish right. already and that will, that will help. Oh, definitely. Um, so kind of the last thing that I have for the mental aspect. So I feel like shorter runs, everybody's different, obviously, but I feel like shorter runs are a little bit different than longer runs, especially when it comes to the mental aspect. Was, was there something that you had to, did you have to mentally prepare yourself for the longer runs I know for like the night the nights before so my long runs were on Sunday so Saturday I would be like I'll only have four glasses of wine instead of the whole bottle and you kind of have to get your clothes ready and you kind of have to start mentally preparing yourself the night before setting your alarm and just having that intention um, it starts that night and then the next morning you do your routine. I try to have some, some almonds or I would do like a banana or a bagel with peanut butter, try to limit my, um, my liquids and then loop, do that loop. So if I had to use the bathroom, I'll run in, use the bathroom and then continue on. But it, it's, I mean, you just have to constantly flood yourself with positive thinking because your brain wants the easy way out. Nobody wants to go out on 17-mile runs, but 
you do it because of your goal of your marathon goal. For me, it was like all my family are, they're going to be at the finish line cheering me on. And I kept during my long runs, when I was having a really hard time, I would think about that, that feeling of just people cheering me on and that feeling of accomplishment once I crossed that finish line. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I like it. I like that a lot. So unfortunately, the coronavirus happened. And like we mentioned um, it unfortunately, your your marathon unfortunately got canceled. So we're we're gonna talk a little bit about the after quarantine of this marathon training. So, do 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 you have a another marathon lined up that you signed up for? So I have some news. Oh, she has some news. <laughs> October 3rd, I'm going to be in Bristol, New Hampshire. It's apparently one of the hardest marathons because it's a hilly one. And I said, all right, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) So not only is it my first, but it's going to be like filled with hills. And I already started doing research and this guy that did like a bunch of iron, iron man's, I don't even know what they're called. Iron man's triathlon shit. Yeah. Iron Man. He goes, FYI, I walked on mile two. And I said, oh my God, what did I sign up for? And he's wow. like, don't, he was like, don't, don't worry. He goes, you're going uphill on mile two. And he goes, and I walked and you need to prepare yourself because it's going to be a long 26 miles. The worst Damn. thing you could do is go all out because you're going to hit that right. wall. And you need to make sure you're fueling yourself throughout the race as well, that you're eating every, for me, I'm probably, I'll eat in the beginning of the race. I'll have some goose and then at mile 17, I'll have a big Snickers bar, some Gatorade and finish. Ooh. So when is that? October what? It's October 3rd. And if that Ooh, gets- I have to write those down. If that gets canceled, I'm just <laughs> going to do it virtually, and it'll probably be better because it won't be as hilly. <laughs> but so, you're invited to come. Yes, I of course I want to come. I want to cheer you on the whole entire way. So that's so exciting! Congratulations! Terrified. Terrified. October 3rd. So not only were you like, "Oh, I'm going to do a second marathon," you're like, "Nah, I'm going to do the hardest marathon." <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to die doing it, but why not? <laughs> so, so talking about training-wise, so are, when um, are you going to like start your training all over, or are you going to pick up where you left off for mileage-wise? So I took, once I found out that uh, the marathon wasn't happening physically on, on May 3rd, I said, I'm, I'm taking a good two months off just to get my body healed because it's it's a lot of stress so I did I've been doing Pilates I've been doing bar I've been focusing more on strength training and balancing and stretching Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like you need to have a good foundation uh, of balance and just I don't know just to feel like you could run it's it's not like all right I'm gonna pick up and go like you have to have good posture you have to stand up straight. It's, it's so 
like there's so many mechanics involved, but my official start, the training date is May 31st. So this month in a couple of weeks, I, I begin my training again. Wow. And I'm going to be using the same training plan and I will be starting from the beginning, That's which exciting. is good because I just tried going for a run the other day. Keep in mind, I used to do 17 miles, 15 miles, and I could barely do like two miles now um, because I took a good two months off. So the training, the training plan's great. I'm starting over because I need to, I have to build up that endurance again. Yeah. So that that's so exciting. I'm I'm very happy for you that you have a Thank new marathon lined up. So looking at this in a positive light, um, do you feel more confident going uh, into this second marathon training? Because you already you only had five weeks left, so you were already pretty much like a pro when it came to running. So do you feel more confident? going into this than you did the first time that you, you started training? Um, I, I do feel confident and then I don't. It's like I go back and forth with the self-doubt and I said, hey, if I got that far, I can do it again. But so I, I, I think I surprised myself the first time that I, I was training for it and I, I really was yeah, just surprised at how much I, I didn't know I was capable of doing. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you, you should be, um, more confident. Cause this is like, you're like, Oh, like, I, I feel like you should have that mindset where you're like, Oh, like I already did this. Like, I'm just going to do it again, but better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you also feel mentally stronger? I think each day that goes by, especially with corona going on um to have some sort of schedule to keep to a plan i i do feel like i've i'm 32 years old i mean this is the strongest i felt in my entire life and it it's a lot of work it's not like one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like i'm awesome it it takes it takes a while for you to train your brain to think positive thoughts. Yeah, I agree. 110% for that one. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're coming to an end here, but I wanted, I always like to ask for advice um, because I think it, it's pretty amazing that you can run a marathon, you can run a half marathon, you can run 17 miles. I, I think it's really like an amazing thing to do. So what advice would you give someone who wants to run a marathon, who's never run one before? So I think you would surprise yourself. I would, I would give yourself a chance. And I, I think you would be surprised at what you're capable of. Um, I would just I would start with doing a lot of research. I actually read books on running and as silly as that sounds, it, it gave me a lot of information on posture, on nutrition, on sneakers. That's another thing. I would go get fitted for a really good pair of sneakers. You're going to be spending some money, but you need to feel comfortable in your strides. And I would take it one day at a time. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. 
And I don't know. I mean, even feel free to reach out to me, to you. You've done some races and wherever we could share some advice, we're, we're here to help. I would just say, don't doubt yourself and keep going. You're stronger than you think. Ooh. Um, and if you would, wouldn't mind also giving advice on how to push through the mental barriers and the negative talk, especially um, for someone who might not have their own Sarah. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> so what, or um, what could you, what could you advise someone who might get stuck in their head? So they have, um, I think either on Spotify or Apple, they actually have, I don't even know what you call them, podcast songs that actually just their motivation, it's motivational talk and you can listen to it and they'll just like motivate you to keep, keep doing it. Um, if you, if you know, if you're like, that's really creepy, um, you could <laughs> find someone, a friend, a sister, a parent and get them involved and say, Hey, I'm really going to need you to be my cheerleader. And I'm going to, I might call you during my runs or I might call you after or before. And you need to almost like be my sponsor. Mm. As uncomfortable as that is, you need to maybe reach out. I love that idea. I love that advice too. Um, and I, I really, I personally also love those videos. I know which ones you're talking about. You can even YouTube them and just put in like motivational speaking or, right. um, yeah. And they, it's, it's someone, um, that's just like, ta it seems like just someone like talking to you saying you can do it. You right. Got this. Yeah. No, it's, I definitely. It's funny as that sounds. I mean, it's incredible just what having that positive voice. I mean, she was, she was in my ear for two years and I'm like, all right, maybe I'll sign up for a marathon now. Cause after <laughs> two years, my brain's like, Hey, what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, and then it, just because you experienced this as well, what advice could you give someone who trained for something? It could be anything, but then it got canceled due to the coronavirus. I would say have your five or 10 minute bitch fest. Mine lasted two days. I will be honest. <laughs> two day bitch fest. <laughs> and I was like, eh! and, you, know, you go through the emotions. You don't make yourself feel wrong for experiencing these emotions. This is a yep. goal. You worked hard. You worked yep. a month for it. And now they're saying, okay, it's not going to happen. But for me, you remember, I had to remember why this is happening. It's not something personal against me. It's like a global health pandemic to prevent deaths. And you really need to learn or research on how to retrain. So for me, once I found out, I dialed back my training. I dialed back how many days I was running. It came to a point where I said, I'm just going to give myself two months off. And I'm just going to look for another marathon. If that doesn't work out, I'll do it virtually. And, you know, you, you go through the training all over again, as, as crazy as that sounds, but you will, ex 
once you do the marathon, people say it's um, like a like your wedding day. It happens. It happens so quickly, and then you go into this like depression. You're like, oh my god, what do I have to look forward to now? Do you know what I mean? But if yeah. you could get yourself just goal oriented, like all right, I'm just gonna go on to the next one. I'm gonna start over, and it's gonna make me stronger. Yeah, that's. Good advice. Good advice. Thank you for for giving advice to us and um, also being very genuine with it as well. Thank you. And like I said, for the listeners, I'm here, you're here. If they have specific questions and they want to reach out, we can, I'll share my email address and we'll, um, we could get your questions answered. Yes, I was actually going to ask, um, I'll have you kind of, if you want to throw your Instagram uh, username out there, you can definitely do that. Um, but did you have, before we got to the conclusion part slash ending, did you have anything that I might have, that we might have not touched on during this uh, episode that you wanted to, to mention? Um, just just know that it's a process and it takes time. And, and I think we need to be patient with ourselves and to give ourselves love and just to be mindful of that. There are going to be good days and bad days and just be a little bit patient with yourself. This is, It's a process. Yes. And growth is a process as well. And becoming mentally stronger is a process too. Exactly. So. Yes, I agree with that. It's good to have a support system. Yes. Yeah. 110%. You need that support system. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on this podcast episode. Thank um, you for inviting me. <laughs> I, I know it wasn't an easy to, topic to talk about. And it's, it's a very emotional topic, like we mentioned. I know there was a lot of um, people who, you know, the, the marathon being canceled affected a lot of people. And I feel like you kind of coming out of this situation stronger, um, I am very proud of you. And I'm very Thank proud... You. Yes, and I'm very proud that you signed up for a second um, marathon, another marathon. And I feel like it's it can be easy to get discouraged and say, oh, you know, coronavirus canceled. Maybe it wasn't meant to be, or maybe I shouldn't do all this training again because it was hard work. Um, so I feel like that takes a very strong person to, to start over. Um, yeah. I'm very I appreciate proud of you. that. Thank you. <laughs> and I wish you luck. I would love to have you back on the podcast to to talk about your training again. And then maybe <laughs> we can maybe we can even talk about um maybe we can talk about the aftermath of the marathon as well. We can get you oh, back on. I here. would love that. I'll and see you in October. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish you luck in your future training and your marathon and I'm gonna be there with my sign and I'm gonna run after you and I'm gonna be cheering you on I'm very excited thank you thank you listeners <laughs>
before we end this podcast, what, um, where can the listeners find you if they have a question for you? I guess Instagram. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be Instagram. I'll throw out my Instagram handle. Ooh. Live Love Beach 87. All one word, no spaces. Can you repeat that one more time? Live Love Beach 87. All right, listeners, you heard it. You heard it from the lady herself. If you want to go find her, if you have any questions about her marathon training, if you happen to sign up for either marathons, the Plymouth one that got canceled or the one she mentioned on October 3rd, and you want any advice or if you want a running buddy, definitely reach out to her. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, listeners.